Hello there. We're Vincent Elliott McNally. Yes, the great-great-grandsons of map-making mogul, Rand McNally. We've recently released our family's first almanac in over 50 years, and now we're setting out on a new journey. Using Rand's old travel journal as our guide, we're visiting his 20 all-time favorite towns. We'll be counting down the greats as given by our great-great-grandfather and want you, the listener, to come along for the ride. In a show we call These Parts, a podcast putting towns on the map. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of These Parts. I'm Vince McNally. With me this week, as he always is, right by my side, my brother, Elliot McNally. Elliot, I got one word for you. What would that be, Vince? Religion. Religion. You're being a little preachy for me there, Vince. Can you explain that a little bit more? I'll explain why, at least, Elliot. We get a lot of listener mail that maybe isn't appropriate for our write-in segment of the show. It's what we would call sort of suggestion box fluff. Ah, uh, your segments are too long. Ah, uh, your show is too long overall. Stuff like this. One of the things we get most of all is saying, Vincent Elliott, you don't tackle the tough topics. I thought you were going to mention the fan art that we get of us, like, making out and stuff, which is weird on a whole nother level. I agree, though I will say the one where we both have fox ears and then I'm brushing your hair it's such a good character study on my facial features. I do insist that I hang it up above my toilet. Well, you, you have hung it up several times, and I keep taking it down. This is really a roundabout way of insisting that you stop taking down that picture when I put it up, Elliot. But it's also a chance for us to tackle something that matters, a topic that's really heavy on a lot of hearts and minds. Go on. And I'm talking, of course, of religion, and, and we're in a religious town today, Elliot. And so it's given us that opportunity. So I guess what I'm saying is, listeners, stop writing in, shut up. Enough already. Are you happy? Vince, when you say that this is a religious town, I don't think that really even begins to scratch the surface. And it really makes me think of, obviously, our great-great-grandfather, Rand McNally, but also your and my book tour that we did around the country after the release of our family's first almanac in over 50 years, Towns and Country, the McNally Brothers' Comprehensive Guide to Small Town America. Because I think you'll agree that we kind of developed a cult following of people following us around the country in promotion of this book. Absolutely. By the end of it, I think our final stop in Fresno, California, we had a bit of a wagon train following the RV. And cult following is an interesting way of describing it, Elliot, because it's something we use to describe movies or music or almanacs that have a following that you don't quite expect. People love it. People latch onto it. But sometimes that actually happens with a real-life cult. That's, that's very true. You know, Pete Holmes has his weirdos. Mark Marin has his what the fuckers. We, of course, have the McNasty boys who followed us around the country. And I think that they are a testament to the fact that we're doing something that people love with these parts. And the town that we're in today has a lot of different things that people love and want to glom onto as well. And it's a town, Vince, I think we should put on the map. So listeners, unholster your medallion-ready interactive Rand McNally wall map. And get ready again, to put... Again, workshopping the title of this map every single episode. We don't quite know what it is yet, but you have the map, you have the medallions, get them out and get them ready. Hey, when they invented the internet, they didn't know the name right away. <laughs> Creators create, namers name. We'll leave those to the namers. Right now, we're changing the map industry with this thing. You can stick your medallions into it, and then they stay there. Yeah, before anybody who broached the medallion map, you'd stick them in and they'd pop right out. And a lot of people lost their eyes doing this. But we developed a technology with, uh, you know, NASA, 
developing die cut holes that these medallions would stick into. That was actually Xander, our producer's last project before he quit and stormed off. Well, I'll hit, we could pontificate and we should on a different show pontificate about medallions and maps at length, but we've got a job to do today. We are going city to city visiting our great, great grandfather Rand's top favorite, most influential, however you want to slice it cities and this is the 18th that's correct and it is mayhew texas let's go ahead and insert that medallion but let's not do it let's welcome a very special guest to do it for us if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself hi 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 uh my name is kip uh kip tennis and i am a very proud resident of mayhew texas and thank you very much for allowing me to place this medallion oh you're welcome kip and kip tennis thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Listeners, you may not know this, but Mayhew, Texas is home to some of the longest running mm, religious gathering groups, we'll call them, ever. And we prefer great- cult. Oh, you do prefer cult. Okay. Prefer I was just the wanting- word cult. Yes. <laughs> I want it to be PC, but if if you're fine with that, then I'll call them cults. Yes, there's a ton, there's a shit ton of cults here in Mayhew, Texas. Our great-great-grandfather, Rand, was actually a part of one that's still going strong today. Isn't that right, Kit? That's absolutely correct. That's right. Uh, he, uh, was a proud member of the, uh, Angels of America cult, um, where we believe that every American is, uh, an angel, a real life angel that lived a life, uh, died and is now back in America as an angel. I love it, Kip. Kip, I love this cult because so often you have the, the negativity that swirls around that word and you're kind of taking it back. Can I, can I ascribe that to you? Absolutely. You can ascribe that to me. Yeah. We believe that, uh, you know, that word has had a lot of negative connotation in its time. So we are adopting it and cutting that off at the head. Mm. We are cult people. We are cult leaders. We are cult followers. We are a cult of personality and what a personality we have in Mayhew, Texas. You know, speaking of adopting things and cutting them off the head, that is what got the angels of America under some sort of litigious heat sure did uh, back in the early 20th century sure did that's right that's right um, well yes we wanted to uh, by we I mean the the leaders back then I of course was not there uh, I'm, a, I'm a young man I'm a young young man but uh, in the early 20th century we're talking the 1910s uh, you know before the roaring 20s uh, we wanted to test our uh, our angel abilities, uh, so to speak. So a lot of heads were cut off, heads rolled, um, and, a, and a lot of people died. It's a sad history of our town, but again, we're taking it back and we're owning it. And we're proud of that history. That's great, Kip. And I want to point out, too, that you are not part of the Angels of America. Mm-mm. And right now, you're not part of really any cult, but you have been part of several. You kind of are shopping around at the moment. Isn't that right? That's right. That's right. Um, I, I have a bit of a commitment issue, I suppose. Um, I mean, you, did you guys go to college? Are you college, college grads? Mm, Yes. And you, you know, that, that process of shopping around for fraternities, shopping around for your favorite extracurriculars. Uh, you know, there's a lot of brotherhoods and sisterhoods and cult hoods that I would like to join and want to dip my toes in. And it's, uh, it's hard to just like know when it's the one. You know, it's such an important decision, Kip. I I can't fault you for it. Thank you. Cult is something you really devote your the rest of your life to, whether that's a long and happy life or often not, mostly not. And again, that's just part of the culture of our town, and we love it. As evidenced by Vince, the McNasty boys, who are 
in their UPS truck, one of the members was a, a UPS delivery man before he quit to follow us around the country. Oh, wow. Uh, they, they converted their UPS truck into um, the McNasty Boy van, and right now they're just sitting in there. The van is idling. We don't communicate with them. So th- this is something that they devoted their lives to, and so I think we can completely empathize with that. You could say that they they worship you as McNally's. They're McNasty Boys. They, they worship you guys? Yeah, I worship idolize I, yeah. words that you know wor- words are words words are words and words hold a lot of meaning and meaning can create actions and actions create lords so if you are the lords of these people <laughs> then in all honesty i i'm very interested in learning about the mcnasty boys maybe you would be interested in joining the cult uh kip think w- so what's the most recent cult you've been a part of uh most recently uh i was a uh, part of an organization called uh, build it on up, and we uh, worshipped architecture and modern buildings. Uh, we went to uh, de- uh, struggling cities with defunct, uh, abandoned buildings, and uh, broke them down brick by brick, and uh, prayed to each brick as if it were a, a their own separate god. Uh, and I say as if, I mean they they were, they absolutely were. Well, I have to hand it to you, Kip. That is one of the more interesting cults that I've ever heard of. It's, you know, typically it's this one guy, maybe he wears glasses, maybe he wears a robe, and everyone lives on a compound, and then a comet flies by, and then some people die. This is really more interesting than that. I confess my ignorance in terms of cult followings. And, and, and please, your, your ignorance is welcome. I'm happy to teach uh, as long as you're happy to learn. Uh, we... We in in Mayhew are really big onto finding the divine in the everyday. Um, in fact, we don't have a whole lot of individual leaders for our cults anymore. Um, and the reason the reasoning behind that is a couplefold. Uh, first and foremost, you know, not a lot of them make it. Um, a lot of them uh, become victim of their own ritual sacrifices, and that is is beautiful, but unfortunately is uh, part of our history and a reason that we don't have many cult leaders uh, to survive. Uh, now we we pretty much just find whatever's around us, uh, be that buildings, trees, gum on the sidewalk, and we find the divine in that. And each one of those has uh, sprouted their own cult. Wow, that, that's what I'm loving about Mayhew, Texas recently is and what I'm discovering is that they give you the tools to be your own cult leader. And mm-hmm. they also give you the tools to worship whatever you want, whether it be a brick or a piece of gum on the sidewalk. And I think that's very empowering for people. It, it is hugely empowering, yes. Thank you for saying that. We've Again, we've taken a lot of uh, legal heat over our, uh, our town's history. Um, so I, I, I appreciate your support. Well, Kip, we are humble observers Learners, as you said, and servants, even exactly servants call us pilgrims on our great great grandfather's path. And I have to say, Kip, I don't want to chuff you up too much, but this gumism is sounding pretty good to me. I've done some reading, I've got a copy of the Gumma Sutra, which is what they distribute, I guess. Uh, it Absolutely. says you can see the face of God in gum, and then it has yeah. a picture. 
high resolution of the piece of gum in question, and it does kind of look like there's an old bearded man's face in it. Sure. I mean, that's just not an accident. It's not. I mean, how could that be an accident? There's only, uh, I believe, 5.3 million pieces of gum in the world that have been individually chewed, and how could one of them looking like an old man with a beard possibly be an accident? That I mean, it's the statistical probability is is almost non-existent. So for that piece of gum to look like an old man with a beard uh, with those bite marks in between, it's it's airtight logic. Uh, that is the Lord. It is airtight logic. And Vince, this is giving me something to chew on, but I want to chew a little harder. Story of your life, Elliot. You always want to chew harder. No matter how hard you chew, it ain't hard enough. Yes, dentists hate me because I have broken several teeth because of my hard chewing. But I think you're alluding to a segment that we like to call Elliot's Eats. Now, listeners, you guys wanted these parts to retain certain segments. Um, Obviously, we had to change things, adapt things for this new season. But one thing that our cult following and our listenership as a whole wanted in full force was my favorite segment, Elliot's Eats. And I think, Vince, it's pretty obvious why, because it's, you know, the best segment. On the segment power rankings, this is according to our online forums, Elliot's Eats is only in second to last place. It's above at long last. So it's better than at long last. That's what you're saying. That's right, but worse than all of the other but segments. better than the one that we don't like. So I think that's a win in my book. I agree. Listeners, Elliot's Eats is my opportunity to explore the cuisine, the culinary flavor of whatever town we visit. And uh, a little twist in Mayhew, Texas, is that all of the restaurants and the people that make food are making it for the purpose of, well, you guessed it, ritual suicide. Uh, the people of Mayhew, and I think Kip, you'll shed some light on this, we're sure. getting tired of the basic Kool-Aid, you know, uh, for cult members. You know, you, you wanted to expand your culinary boundaries. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Just because the, uh, these will be our last meals doesn't mean that we aren't health conscious. And Kool-Aid is essentially just sugar powder with flavoring. It's so processed. It's so chemicalized. Um, we've really taken an organic path with our ritual suicide meals. What, what, what's the most recent ritual suicide meal that has made it to the news lately? Mm, there was a, uh, d- I, I want to say delicious, but as you can tell, I, I haven't committed. I'm still alive. So, uh, I, all I can say is that from down the street, it smelled delicious. Uh, there was a, a wild caught Alaskan salmon, uh, braised with some uh, lemon and some coriander and basil. Yeah, a, a, a delicious, delicious meal, uh, baked, all organic, low in fat, uh, high in protein, lean protein. That is a meal I could get behind. I don't know about you, Vince. Oh, yeah, you, you couldn't eat that. Yeah, you could eat it. I mean, anyone could eat it, eat it at that stage. And then I forgot to mention that then uh, dipped in a healthy glaze of cyanide. Mm. I think that's an interesting point of view however in this town sometimes it's about a sommelier might say pair your salmon with a white wine Mm. whereas here in in mayhew you say pair your salmon with cyanide not arsenic you don't want strychnine no cyanide is is the classic pairing of course i mean anything's better than red wine with your salmon (laughs) kip i want to talk for a moment about a food-based cult here in, in Mayhew. Please do. Which incorporates their ritual eating into the religion itself. That's absolutely correct. I, it's, it's called serialism, 
And it mm-hmm. is a combination cult and mid-level marketing scheme, which has you selling boxes of cereal and then recruiting your friends to sell more boxes of cereal. The cereal is poisoned. Yes, yes, the cereal is poison. The belief is that uh, with the grains we will raise up to the heavens above. I was a proud card-carrying member for about six months, um, became uh, pretty mid-tier in there, and let me tell you, it was one of the more expensive cults uh, to exit. Because I had to sell off, uh, I actually had to buy off all of my inventory. That's how they get you. That's how they get me. But then again, it, I mean, if one one of these cults has to have it right, you know, you know what I mean. The, just statistically, one or more of these cults are correct. So if my six months uh, in in this cult brought me closer to a god that might be real, then it's worth it. It's worth every one of the tens of thousands of dollars. I envy and I also appreciate your outlook on life. Thank you. You mentioned healthy eating. What is the fine dining scene like here in Mayhew? Mm, mm, mm. I am salivating just thinking about our fine dining scene. Well, uh, we have a number of uh, Michelin star restaurants. uh, And by Michelin, again, I I do mean literally the, the tires. There's a lot of toxic material. Uh, baked in there. That being said, we have we have a number of Michelin restaurants that use that uh, corroded rubber um, as a poison for your body to intake and bring you closer to the Lord. Sort of like a molecular gastronomy restaurant, you know, leaching all of those toxins out in the food and having you inhale them. You must have been because yes, one of them. Uh, is called Swamp Life, and it is right next to the uh, the bayou in town. Uh, and there are many uh, leeches, fleas, just pests of all sorts. That mixed with a combination of trash, rubber, nuclear runoff, uh, is baked right into our uh, organic produce, asparagus, sweet potatoes, the like. Uh, it's a vegan restaurant. Uh, except for all of the pests, of course. Uh, and they just ravage your insides uh, with delicious taste and with harmful toxins. The wait list for this restaurant is months long. So months. I think, listeners, if you want to sign up for any of the cults that choose this way to go, mm. you want to make sure to have your affairs in order well ahead of time. But then again, you'll have plenty of time to get them in order because you're going to be waiting a long time for a table here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, sometimes you wait, sometimes they're booked up for months and months and months at a time, and you put in your reservation, and not six hours later you'll get a call being, do you want to come in tonight? We have had a number of mass suicides, and there's no one left to get the table. Uh, and that's just what we call a, you know, a successful president's day. You know, that's what I like about uh, restaurants here is that statistically your odds of getting a table get better and better as each day progresses. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a constant uh, ebb and flow. It looks like a sine wave of popularity, you know, because we get in these tourists who want to learn about our cults. And then all of a sudden we hit that critical mass. Uh, where uh, everyone swarms, 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 swarms through those ritual suicides, and then we ha- kind of have to start from zero again. But you know what? It gives you the chance to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. So many restaurants get stale. They're in business for 10, yeah. 20 years. Here, the chefs, 
the clientele, the servers, they all die within two or three year periods. It, it, being, yeah, optimistic for sure. I know I, I like to say I'm a young man, uh, and I am. I am, but uh, 40 years old, but uh, that does make me effectively the oldest resident. Uh, or at least the longest standing resident. Your skin is glistening. You seem to have no pores. And maybe, I'm not a scientist, but maybe you've developed some sort of immunity to all these different eating rituals. Interesting that you bring up, yes. I've been to a number of specialists, a number of uh, experimental Eastern medicine uh, uh, healers, uh, and they are fascinated by my body and my immune system. It seems that I've been in such close contact with uh, poisons and toxins and other just like lethal, you know, additives uh, that I have become something of a, a superhuman uh, in that I never get sick and I never get injured. Uh, in fact, my my skin is thick and my bones regenerate. Vince and I have collected several issues of the Mayhew Chronicle, uh, the town's newspaper, and mm. there's a lot. There's always a front cover article about the latest ritual suicide, and you, Kip, always seem to be on the cover. Everyone's dead around you, and you kind of are doing like the Jim Halpert look at the camera. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, at first it's strange, and then at a certain point, you just go to say, "Well, Tuesday." <laughs> You know, you're like those animals from the Flintstones, you know, just like, it's a living, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my my outlook uh, on on my life. Again, I'm, I'm looking for the Lord. Um, and at a certain point, you really get into the core of me here, Elliot. But uh, at a certain point, the divine just kind of becomes the benign. <sighs> it's tough. And I'm holding here a copy of your book. Yes. Kip. And it, that, that quote is on the back panel alongside of the many reviews that have praised it. It's called Looking for Lord in All the Wrong Places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it details your lasting, fleeting love affair with cults. And this shouldn't be confused with your blog, Looking for Lord in All the Wrong Places, when you were a cult following the singer Lord around the country on a tour. Yeah, and wow, what a year. What an absolute year that was. Uh, she is not... Uh, from, you know, she's not an American. She's not from the States. Yeah, she's uh, from New Zealand. She's from New Zealand, right. So that came with its own full set of excitement where I got to talk about uh, uh, a, a lot of different divine spirits with uh, indigenous and non-indigenous members of, of the New Zealand country. You know, the members of the country. The country members. That's <laughs> the what country they members. call them. The country yeah, yeah. members. I think that we've talked a lot about healthy food options in town, but you know, Vince, I have a little bit of a sweet tooth. And one of the amazing things that I, obviously I haven't tried because I'm still alive uh, in town are uh, made popular by a cult called the Chubby Bunnies. And mm. these are all free range organic marshmallows. Um, and what you're meant to do as a cult ritual is keep shoving them in your mouth and saying chubby bunny until you know you, you can't anymore some people have appropriated this ritual and you can see this sometimes uh with religious followings it's disrespectful you might think of chubby bunny as something maybe you do at summer camp or at a sleepover uh, or perhaps a particularly casual work retreat but i'll, I'll urge you as a someone who's learning alongside you not to do it yeah it's a sacred performance meant for sacred rites have you tried this kip uh of course i have yes uh again it didn't it didn't get me in the way that it gets a lot of people and by get i mean uh suffocation 
but the the uh, spiritual uh, godly uh, beginnings of it, uh, it it's about uh, humbling yourself in the name of a, of a higher power. So uh, the most absolute powerful part of the human body, uh, say it with me now, is the human jaw. The human jaw. Um, it is the, the human, human jaw. The human jaw. Thank you. Yes. Uh, a lot of people will say the heart or the brain, circulatory system, the tongue is this very strong muscle, but uh, inarguably uh, within the chubby bunnies, it is the, the dense human jaw. And so we uh, paralyze the most powerful part of our bodies in the name of a higher power saying, we humble ourselves to you. You are more powerful. May your chubby bunny suffocate our larynxes. That's a mantra that really rolls off the tongue. And <laughs> yes. Try saying that with 15 marshmallows in your mouth. Absolutely. And uh, that, that is exactly how that call ended was uh, everyone got upwards of 50, 60 uh, organic marshmallows in their mouths uh, and repeat that phrase that, uh, as you said, that very eloquent mantra, um, until they perish. Um I, again, I was the only survivor. And and the photo on the Mayhew Chronicle was great. I mean, you had a mouthful of marshmallows doing the mm-hmm. shoulder shrug. It, it was fantastic. Can I tell you what I was saying in that photo? Because you can, as, as you can tell, my, my mouth is open. Yeah, they do have a, a quote from you at the bottom, but if you yes. read that. The quote is, uh, well, I guess I'm going back to work on Monday. <laughs> it was a devastating day. When we talk about going to work, we talk about doing our duty, doing our diligence. Elliot, we've got a segment that comes up right about now, and it's doing a service to the fans. That's right, Vince. It's called Random Thoughts. So listeners, Random Thoughts, we take a look back at the travel journal that is guiding us, that of our great-great-grandfather Rand McNally, and we see what he thought about the town. We just take a page. Just pluck a little page right out of it and read about what went on in Mayhew, Texas during his years. A look back in time. We don't literally take a page out. That would be destroying this original document. Vince is speaking uh, colloquially. That's right. Thanks, Elliot, for clearing that up. Let's take a look, Elliot. Let's not dawdle anymore. Let's page through this thing. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Uh, listeners, as you know, you can follow along with us in your copy, your interim copy of Rand's journal. It's all blank. Uh, just a prop for you, and we'll send you the annotated version once our season debuts. As we go through this, we see Rand's musings, writings, drawings, all about whatever town we're visiting. Vince, you have the page open to Rand's number 18 town, Mayhew, Texas. Pick something out that he wrote, and, and let's read it. Oh, here we go. I like this. I am an angel. It spoke to me in a dream. All Americans are angels, and will fly to the kingdom of heaven together bearing eagle's wings and halos made of galvanized steel. Wow. So at this point, yeah, thank you for the applause. Powerful and it stuff. it seems like the, the, the McNasty boys are gathering around the RV at this point as well. I was um, applauding them, yeah. <laughs> they are They are quite a group. I, I mean, they, they are our favorites, cult followers so far, our first, and we hope we will gain more. Uh, Vince, speaking of cult following, it seems like at this point in Rand's journal, he was in the full throes of the Angels of America. Oh, he was he was in deep. And I stopped the quote there because he be- begins to write in tongues afterwards. Uh, you often hear speaking in tongues. This is uh, all I can describe it as writing in tongues. He's drawing a series of tongues. And he was mm-hmm. licking the pages. The, the pages 
they're not damp, but you know the the paper is dried up, and you can see where there was a lot of water markings. It's a beautiful religion. It seems that way. Maybe you could talk to us a little bit about it. Let us help us learn because this is the first we're really encountering our great great grandfather's religious practices. For all we knew, he was sort of um, an atheistic, agnostic character, more devoted to his craft than to any one religion. But at this time, he seemed pretty involved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, what what year was your grandpa out here? Hmm, this would have been what Vince. That, that looks like. If I know Rand's handwriting, that looks like it's about eighteen seventeen. I was I was going with eighteen thirty four, but you know, I like your guess too. Okay, Kip. So between eighteen seventeen and eighteen thirty four, let's say, what's going on with the Angels in America cult? Well, it was a beautiful era for Angels of America. Um, the the origins of the religion are a uh, a group of uh, of Lutherans, actually, of of Christians, religious Christians. It's always Lutherans, isn't it's it? Always those Lutherans. Those dang, they fall right into line until things go wrong, and then they find they. They really create their own path in life, those Lutherans. Uh, so it was a, a group of Lutherans that uh, were getting in a little bit of trouble with the, their local church chapters. Um, you could say that they were a bit of pranksters. Uh, they would um, you know, take in, inflated uh, rubber bags and, and put them under the, the seats of the priests, and they actually uh, in, invented a version of a fluffy cushion. So they they were uh, really mischievous little boys, um, and so they found their own patch of land in the in the dead center of Texas, uh, Mayhew. It is modern day Mayhew. Um, and they decided that if they were not the absolute most beautiful, spiritual, godly creatures on earth, then well, then there is no God. Uh, so they began worshiping themselves as the Lord. Uh, and so that, that is where they, uh, the angels began. Uh, they are angels walking among the United States. That is fascinating. And it, it speaks to me because it makes so much sense that Rand would be into it. Rand is an Americanist. He believes in American exceptionalism. He loved our country, fought for our country, and, and wrote about it at length. His whole life was devoted to detailing it in maps. He believed in Manifest Destiny, whether it be our terrestrial landscape or heaven, um, as many Americans do. And I think what is great about at this point in history is we're kind of on the precipice of the Industrial Revolution. People are making it their own for themselves. Mm -hmm. And this Angels in America cult kind of took off. And a lot of people don't know this is that the the Angels in America cult was very popular in the zeitgeist because of the Three Stooges. We'll often remember Three Stooges shorts ending with all of them dressed in angel regalia playing harps. And that's right. You know, that might've been comical at the time, but it was also uh, a very heavy handed offering for people to join the cult. That's absolutely right. Uh, and yes, they had a, an interesting relationship with comedy and pranks in that certainly they were having a blast. It was a lot of fun for them, but at the same time, they took it very, very deadly seriously. You know, if a, if a prank went awry, then they would uh, ritualistically uh, beat each other. They would uh, actually uh, give each other lashes for uh, a prank gone wrong. Like turn around while they're holding a ladder and it 
yes. hits you in the back of the head. That's absolutely right. As their scripture reads, prankliness is next to godliness. In some ways, the Stooges themselves contributed to the fall of the religion. If I'm if I'm understanding my history correctly, they became idols in and of themselves, which broke worship away from the main religion. Yes, they became false shemps, as you might say. Uh, and they also tried to have people sell not only Three Stooges um, movies, but also different angel wings, robes, halos, etc. So you get a bigger stake in the company. It was one of the very first Ponzi schemes. Yeah, the motto being, with God as my shemp, I shall not want. Oh, yeah, it became industrialized very, very quickly. And um, listen, the Three Stooges became Hollywood stars. Uh, I can't blame them, uh, but I do hate them deeply in my heart. <laughs> you know what? That is what, that's what faith is about, Kip, if, you, if you'll forgive my moralizing your point. Uh, faith is really about belief in the heart. It's not belief in the head. No. It's maybe we don't blame them, but we do hate them. That's right. That's right. It is about forgiveness and loving your neighbor and empathy while walking that tightrope of absolute, deep, unbridled hatred for the other. And that's why I love living in Mayhew. <laughs> well, we love it too. And you've already educated us so much, but maybe you can spread that knowledge to one of our listeners. Kip, if you wouldn't mind reading a letter that is written by one of our fans, this time a little bit of a special treat, hand-delivered from one of the McNasty boys. Oh, oh my. Uh, it is an absolute honor and a pleasure uh, to represent th- this fine, fine group of worshipers. Uh, do, uh, please do not say that it was a pleasure. Do not look at them in the eye. Do not address mm. them. But uh, otherwise, you're doing great. Thank you very much. I apologize. I deeply apologize. Yeah, no. Hey, get, get out. Get out of here. Get out. Okay. All right. Kip, uh, please yes. read the letter. Yes. Um, dear Mr. Tennis, uh, we of the McNasty Boys are, are looking to organize. We have our blind faith and we have our numbers but what we do not have is the what we do not have is our uh, LLC developed we want to become a government recognized a state recognized company how do you get the tax incentives of a church in the United States wow man this is a much more involved question than i had envisioned from the individual delivering it. Yeah, it actually seems a lot more uh, straightforward, something you might see on like Yahoo questions and less of a opinion-based question. Yeah, no, it does. This is a man who has Elliot's face tattooed on his own face. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was kind of expecting the worst, but hey, only God can judge. Which I'm glad they're devoted enough, Vince, but this letter is telling me that they are scarily organized um, and I don't want any sort of revolt to happen. Uh, the, the level of business acumen a letter like this takes is telling me that the McNasty boys are planning something. And I hope that we are at the forefront of that because it just excites me so much that they, they want to be organized enough to be nationally recognized at this point. See, I was having the opposite reaction. I was kind of thinking we should probably get rid of them. But let's not take away from the question, which is in Kip's hands to answer. Uh, and before I do answer it, guys, just know that you are moments away from becoming gods. And sure, that could be, be the source of a lot of grief and strife moving forward. Uh, in fact, inevitably it will be, that's a certainty, but, uh, you will have your, your beautiful Icarus moment of flying 
as close to the sun as humanly possible, and I, I encourage it. And as we all know, the story of Icarus, he makes wings, and he just flies as high as he can. And he makes it all the way to the sun, and it's a happy ending. And nothing bad ever happens to him. And he gets to have the sun. That's right. Lives on the sun, it's fine. I believe you're right. I don't follow any of that Greek or Roman gobbledygook. I don't understand it. I think that's the gist of it. Yeah. So that we should all be like Icarus. Great. I'm I'm on board. Kip, you seem to have been part of so many cults that you've probably seen them uh, grow. You've probably seen them decay. You know the rights and wrongs about developing a uh, sort of business out of a cult. I, for instance, uh, I'm not really that good with money, and I'm kind of in charge of managing the whole production of these parts now that our producer Xander's gone. Right now, it seems like we're in the red, but I think that's because uh, Vince had spilled some Kool-Aid all over my books. This is before we knew Kool-Aid was bad, so apologies for that. <laughs> also, I don't know what in the red means. I'm just saying that because the pages are red. Um, but maybe at this point you give our listeners some tips and advice on uh, how these McNasty boys can go from uh, – you know, an evangelized cult to really mainstream. To a business. I understand. And I think what they're looking for and what they're hoping for are the tax incentives that come with being a religious organization. You know, you don't have to, in fact, pay many taxes at all. But um, I will actually steer them away from that. That comes with its own set of issues in that you'll have, you know, uh, members of the IRS, the government, coming into your space and judging. And let me tell you, that is why none of the cults in Mayhew are uh, actually recognized religious organizations, because uh, if they were, quite frankly, we'd all be in jail for murder and manslaughter. So we, we steer very clear of that. Uh, I would suggest, uh, instead of uh, forming a, a business or an LLC, just everyone form their own uh, sole proprietorship uh, form your own businesses, be your own boss. Uh, and that way you're going to empower every McNasty boy across the globe uh, to really take matters of praise and worship of the McNallys into your own hands. <laughs> and then Vince and I could obviously be the figureheads or the kings at the top of this pyramid that I think you're describing, or at least I'm envisioning. That's absolutely right. Everyone forms their own company, and then you two are at the the very top. The conglomerate. The, of the conglomerate. That's exactly right. And we franchise down. Uh, it's, it has this trickle-down effect, uh, and everyone makes money, especially those at the bottom. If you're at the bottom, keep going further and further down to the bottom. Let me ask you this, Kip. We gave the McNasty Boys each... Uh, a thousand copies of our almanac, wow. Towns and Country, the McNally Brothers Comprehensive Guide to Small Town America. Their task is to now sell those to more people so that they can sell them. But then all of that money would come back to Vince and I. Perfect. And that's absolutely the way that it should be done. You are going to see the optimal amount of growth that way. And there's a couple reasons for that. You know, I think a lot of people would argue that if you're giving them these books that you printed for free using a, a coupon code at Staples, I, I imagine, that uh, why would you get any of the profits um, if these people are doing all the legwork? But this is a religion. It's about blind faith. So if you want growth, you got to plant those seeds of faith and they will germinate and they will spread and, uh, you know, let all the prayers and in this case, prayers in the form of dollars and cents 
uh, let all those prayers go straight up to their Lord, which is YouTube. I'm starting to really like this. We should continue this part of the conversation offline. We'll get you in touch with our tax guy, Kip. Sure. But for now, maybe we shouldn't give away all of the secrets to our eventual success, Elliot, on the air. I, I agree, Vince. You know, I, I do want to divulge as much information as possible to help people, but also we got to keep a little something for, for you and I, something for daddy, as they say. Vince and Elliot got to <laughs> eat, am I right? <laughs> Speaking about eating and maybe even chewing on some things a little bit even more. And no, I'm not going to segue us into another segment of Elliot's Eats. I'm, of course... You've tried that multiple times before, Elliot. So I'm glad that you've at least cut it off at the <laughs> There were several here. episodes we had to scrap because I kept transitioning into Elliot's Eats. And as we all know, once we do a successful transition, we have to do that segment. Um, but of course, I'm not talking about Elliot's Eats. I'm talking about He Said, She Said. <laughs> Yes, listeners, you may be asking, well, we were just talking about information we didn't want to share. Maybe that would have been an easier segment, segue. But no, no, we've, <laughs> uh, again, we've landed on chewing. But you can chew the fat, maybe, at your local barbershop, the watering hole, or in this case, a large field in which a tent has been set up and eventually all will perish. We're talking, of course, of gossip. The what's what, the who's who, and the who's doing it of the towns that we stay in. Kip, I believe there are few people more qualified to talk about gossip in Mayhew, Texas than you are. Well, I, I appreciate that distinction. Yes, I am pretty keyed in. Uh, I, I, of course, am the, the longest surviving member of the town, so I know a thing or two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the, the talk of the town right now uh, is that uh, there are a number of government officials Officials, uh, we're talking our, uh, our own local government, which is not recognized by the United States. Uh, our own little council uh, are planning to uh, bring in a lot of uh, fancy new careers. Uh, yes, I am saying that we're in the top thirty for the new Amazon office. The, the cult of Amazon. You might the cult say. of Am. Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, what the the cult of Amazon is already well established. I think we are the absolute perfect place for them to build their new church. Their alarming turnover rates will probably look a lot less dire when it's because the employees die all the time. I, I, that's absolutely right. I mean, you know, it, it looks fishy when a a young engineer living in Silicon Valley uh, makes. A quick hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in a year, and then goes elsewhere. Why? Where's the loyalty? Where is the faith in Amazon? It doesn't make any sense. Whereas if they were here in Mayhew, they'd make all that money and very quickly put that back into the economy because they have no offspring and they are dead. And you guys have a strict no insurance policy, so you wouldn't reap the benefits of that. So it would always go back into the community and into Amazon. That's right. Well, I think you've made a case. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're trying to woo them, use our podcast as some sort of grandstand to advertise to Amazon. But hey, if you've we're intending to do it. You've done a great job. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it, I'm not going to say it was my intention, but hey, I mean, we you have a platform, and it is growing and growing every day. We want to help you out, you know, and if we can get Jeff Bezos's cult, the Bezontine Empire, <laughs> to form with the cults in Mayhew, I think that would be a very strong start in the right direction. It'd be lucrative if nothing else. You know what? That is some buzz. That's feed-worthy buzz. So thanks for that. I'm a little more interested in the personal aspect. 
You know, Elliot's the business mind. I'm the handshaker. I give hugs. Mm. You know, I pat people on the back. I talk to the everyman. What's the talk on the street? The who's who, maybe cult leaders, maybe cult followers. You know, maybe even just the janitor. Yeah, yeah, understood. Well, uh, everyone's a leader and a follower in their own way, uh, especially the janitors. Uh, I will say we have a, a dynamite custodial crew uh, working in the center of town, and they are real a real salt-of-the-earth group uh, in that they are uh, tasked with literally salting the earth after a mass of bodies hit the ground. Um, <laughs> so, yes, we, we, we do have a, a group of custodians called uh, simply the, the cleanup crew. Uh, and it is a bit of a euphemism because they, uh, they cleanse the, the grounds after uh, a lot of uh, bodies are discovered. You, of course, don't want plant life or fruit trees growing over these strychnine or arsenic-infested bodies. That's absolutely right. You salt the earth, leaving the patch inevitably barren. Uh, Barren so that it it can start anew. Uh, I cannot tell you how many delicious, salty lemon trees have sprouted from the ashes and salts of human remains. Does this uh, cleanup crew have to remove the bodies? Is there a waiting period um, do they have to organize them in some sort of pattern? You know, what's the, the typical protocol? Sure. Unfortunately, there's uh, not a lot of, uh, uh, you know, notice given to them. Uh, they kind of are tasked with walking through the town to discover bodies um, because it's such a, a regular occurrence. As a, a crew, you know, uh, I, I say crew in like a, a hip urban style of the word because they spend a lot of their time uh walking around town break dancing freestyle rapping um they they really have fallen in love with their their art and the art of killing time really Mm. so uh yes once they do find a a patch that needs cleaning let's say that needs work let's say Uh, i don't want to be too graphic uh decompose bodies uh once they find those groups, then uh, it's straight to work. But in between, it's it's a lot of fun. We're the cleanup crew, and we're here to say we clean up dead bodies like every day. Elliot, let's leave it to the professionals. <laughs> please, 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 please. I, I'm sorry, I was just getting in the spirit, but I want to talk about a subsect of these cleanup crew members. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the, the Church of Lather Day Saints, and they are the people that come in after the cleanup crew that scrub everything down. Yes. Yes, they. Uh, this is a highly religious organization. They uh, have taken vows of silence, vows of poverty, uh, vows of hunger, um, and they they worship the the cleanliness of of the world and the, the potential cleanliness of the world. So any sort of uh, muck, grime, dirt, uh, they they lather it up with their soap and they sit on their mounds of of bubbles. Uh, for 365 days, one full calendar year, uh, meditating, praying, not eating, speaking, or sleeping. It's very alarming to see them because their faces look like those as-seen-on-TV scrub daddies, Mm -hmm. like smiley faces drawn on them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is uh, ritualistic uh, scarring and tattoos, (laughs) actually. Fascinating. (laughs) You have been a wellspring of information so far, and I hope that continues. Let's keep that trend rolling for just a few more minutes as we dive 
into one of my favorite, and I think fan favorite segments, Elliot. I think you're talking about Did You Know? Better. The inflection is better. I don't. I wouldn't say that it's there, but it's approaching there. Well, I, if you kick over the that part of the segue to me, I'm going to have to improve at some point. I think that goes without saying, Elliot. You did a decent enough job, and Did You Know is, after all, our rapid-fire fast-fact trivia segment, so we shouldn't dwell on it too much. But I would like to start by saying, did you know, every bit of life here in Mayhew is sort of turned into a cult in and of itself. Hmm. <laughs> is that your did you know fact? <laughs> well, did you know it? If you didn't know it, then it is my did you know. But you know what? It, you caught me. I didn't know it. So what are these aspects of everyday life that are turned into a cult? Well, it's exactly like it says. There's a there's a cult for everything, sort of like in ancient Greece. Uh, every the, the rains had a god, and, and the flowers had a god, and the waves had their own god. Here, it's a little more mundane. It's like brushing your teeth has a god. In fact, we, we believe that the, those big the hot-button things like the waves of the ocean and the sun in the sky actually do not have any godliness within them. We, we believe really firmly in the mundane. That's why those Greeks say, I just don't get them. Well, Vince, I can totally get behind Brachiodontis, the god of clean oral health, but what is something even more mundane that might have its own god or cult following? Uh, jogging? You do, do either of you jog? Religiously. Here, they're called Jehovah's Fitnesses, and they it's more of a light calisthenics, maybe a little bit of lifting, and then, of course, jogging. Mm. <laughs> Vince, I didn't know that, but did you know Kool-Aid cannot be advertised in Mayhew, Texas? Well, that's kind of a boon for you, right, Kip? Uh, it, it is great for me, uh, yes, because I uh, sell a lot of Kool-Aid alternatives, mostly water. <laughs> yes, you've developed uh, Uncle Kip's homemade old-fashioned Kool-Aid to sell as sort of an alternative to here. But uh, what, what's your feeling on this? I know that the reason it's not... Uh, technically allowed here in town is because people thought it was offensive, those commercials from the 90s, of the Kool-Aid man bursting through Mm -hmm. walls because, of course, walls have their own cult following. Uh, Bricks have their own cult following. That's right. That's right. Uh, It was... It's interesting because you would assume that uh, the reason Kool-Aid couldn't be advertised here is because it was used as a a vessel of death. Um, But in reality, we ourselves banned it from our town, not vice versa, because, uh, yes, the the cult of the the builder-uppers, that's what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, They they, uh, were highly deeply offended by uh, the ravaging of a brick wall. And then the town said, oh, no, to Kool-Aid. And it gave you a business opportunity, which I think is great. Thank you very much. I also think it's great. I think another thing that would be great is if you had another Did You Know fact for us. Sure, sure. Did you know that rainwater in Mayhew, Texas, is uh, collected and then uh, redistributed throughout the town as a fuel for the annual super soaker uh festival that sounds inordinately fun given the more somber tone of the town has taken on so far are the super soakers 
filled with a mixture of the rainwater and like acid or strychnine or something like that? Sure. The rainwater is the base, of course, uh, and then uh, a, a, a melody of, of poisons and toxins for sure. Sounds slightly less. That's fun. more of the tempo that I was imagining. Absolutely. It's a, it's a fun day, of course, because water gun fights are absolutely a, a blast. Uh, but as is the end of every day, horribly somber. I didn't know that at all. Uh, and what day is that again? So we make sure not to drive through the town. Uh, it is July 4th. Oh, that is very oh. confusing. On Makes a sense. Lot of different levels. Why is that confusing? <laughs> That's just the day we picked an arbitrary day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, why, why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, it's a refreshing the summer day. Day of July, just the 4th of July. Just a refreshing, cool summer day. Nothing really going on. I love the picture of you in the Mayhew Chronicle. Uh, from last 4th of July, where you have your super soaker and you're sitting next to uh, a different cult member who has died, almost like one of those uh, poaching photographs of a guy sitting next to like a rhinoceros he had just downed. Sure. Well, I shot him. <laughs> yeah. And that, that what, what a day that was. There is a, a quote under that photo. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah I can't quite make it out from here. What does it say, Kip? Uh, I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, I said something along the lines of like, ah, looks like I got to get my quarterly reports in. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. But did you guys know one of the biggest reasons for tourism here in Mayhew is the stargazer community. So there's a lot of uh, astronomers around, or fledgling astronomers, Vince. Or at least a lot that come into the city, because Mayhew's preoccupation with cosmic minutiae, comets that are very far away, reoccurring quasar stars, these sort of things, which are seen as divine and holy, has led them to have one of the most ardent astrological bookkeeping societies anywhere in the country. Interesting. Kip, have you ever been a part of any of these uh, stargazing cults? <laughs> of course I have. Yes, I, I've been a part of many of them. Uh, so many of the cults in town are based around uh, stargazing and, and astrophysics. Oh, I didn't even notice before until now your belt. Is that uh, the signature regalia of the Orion's Belt cult. It it's is. It's studded is. and beautiful. It has three main studs uh, and then a little measuring cup coming off of it as it is the handle of the Big Dipper. And uh, is used as both a uh, symbolic gesture towards the cult and also as a very useful baking tool. Practical and beautiful. And that's what you can pour Uncle Kip's homemade old-fashioned Kool-Aid into if and when you choose to drink it. Kip, you said we only have to sell two thousand <laughs> packets. That's right. And then we start, and then we start making money. Once you hit two thousand, which, by the way, I mean, set your timers now. It's going to be any second. These things fly off the shelves. Uh, once you hit two thousand, that's when your one percent kicks in. So, would it be wise then to buy like an extra two thousand right off the bat? Because these are going to go fast. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't make sense to only buy, to buy any less than two thousand because you're not going to see any returns from that, and they're going to go, go. They're going to go, go, go. This seems like a sound fiscal decision, Vince. And as the holder of the books, all covered in red liquid as they may be, I think that we should do it. Yes, well, I'm in. Yeah, just make sure that it's all uh, cash transactions. You got it. When have it any other way thank you one more thing that i'd like to have our way kip is for you to give us one more did you know fact for the road yeah why not let's see did you know in mayhew texas every man woman and child is married to each other i didn't know that uh so are, you must be married to a ton of people i have not met most of my husbands and wives what, what kind of ritual or, or cult is this associated with? uh it's strangely enough not actually associated with 
any one organization. It is uh, something of a unspoken agreement um, that everyone, it's, it's free love. Everyone can kiss and hug each other. And as long as it's only kissing and hugging. Oh, yes. There's no uh, consummate. Uh, yes. Uh, actual consummating of these marriages is highly, highly illegal. You will be arrested and uh, uh, unable to kill yourself. Uh, <laughs> That's the situation. ultimate punishment. It's the ultimate punishment is that you can't die. So you must be just in a living hell all the time, not being able to commit to any cult. It really, at, at a certain point uh i i'm going to be an old man on my deathbed just ruining the day that i survived which is every day your deathbed of natural causes yes absolutely which is a, a huge embarrassment i'm i'm I, my face is flushed just talking about it a long happy life ended quietly and peacefully in a bed i wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy i'm nauseous and with that we should retire and allow you to get back to your ardent searching we have just one more task kip if you could help us with a farewell letter to our great great grandfather and that's a segment we call wish you were here so listeners this is our chance to communicate with rand Uh, Again, not from beyond the grave. This has no ritual associated with it. We're not trying to raise the dead or anything like that. We're just trying to uh, give a little nod to our great-great-grandfather, tell him what's up from a town we visited that was one of his 20 favorite all-time towns. And so, Kip, I hope you can join us with this. It starts something like this. Dear Rand, wish you were here in Mayhew, Texas. A city buoyed by its constant infusion of faith and fresh cultist bodies. A city that loves and endears the tiny minutia of the boring. A city where you can choke down some Alaskan salmon, some free-range organic marshmallows, and especially a good time. A town where the janitors are the ones doing the graffiti and the breakdancing. A town where a pile of bubbles is not fun, but... Truly terrifying. In a town that we're sure is going to have a cult following. Farewell from these parts to yours.